Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. God is good, isn't he? Say it. He's good. He's good. He's good. What a year this has been. It's been a bizarre, insane year. But God has been so faithful through it all. God has been pruning all of our lives, reminding us what is most important in life. Right? Making sure we don't cling to things that are temporal, but that we see with eternity in our eyes. You know, we declared 2020 vision, didn't we? Remember, remember we, we declared this year to be what? The year of the, the, roaring, the roaring 20s, right? I mean, there wasn't a shortage of people prophesying 2020 vision. It's just not that hard to prophesy 2020 vision when it's turning 2020. Remember that? Remember all that? How many of you think God is giving us 2020 vision? I do too. He's clearing out our eyes, isn't he, Jim? He's clearing out the obstructions, Bob, isn't he? He's taking away everything that really doesn't matter. Putting right in the focus of everything that does matter, and that's him. That's his face. He's going to lead us all the way, guys. He's going to lead us all the way. Don't take your eyes off the face of Jesus. He's going to take us all the way. Amen. Let's give tonight. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of giving. We honor you. We bless you. Thank you. And Lord, I pray multiplication upon every house, Lord. That as they give, it would be given back to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Blessing upon blessing. I pray, Lord, that inheritances are released to your family in Jesus' name. Lord, things that have been tied up. Lord, perhaps even lawsuits that have been tied up. We declare them loosed in Jesus' name. And that which belongs to your sons and daughters come to them now in Jesus' name. We declare gifts and surprises. We declare checks in the mail. Oh, God, fun stuff. Increase, Lord. Increase. For you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Hallelujah. You are El Shaddai. You are more than enough, Lord. Thank you for every provision that we have, little, small, and big. Thank you, Father. You're good. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, ushers. Yeah, you can. Yeah, go ahead. You don't want to hold that back. I mean, when people are cheering when we're receiving an offering, that's a move of God, right? <laughs> I want you to grab your Bibles tonight, if you would. I'd like you to go to the book of Job. Or if you're looking for a job tonight, you can go to the book of Job. <laughs> the book of Job. And then we're going to move right into the book of Revelation. Everybody better strap in tonight. <laughs> I know that many of you were 
online with us on Tuesday night um, as I joined with Dutch Sheets and Bishop Joseph Garlington and with many other national leaders and regional leaders. <clears throat> it was a powerful gathering, wasn't it? And so many of you were with us and you were with us all through the night, actually, from coast to coast. I want to thank you for your prayers for me personally. I want to thank you for praying for me. I want to thank you for praying for my wife, for Bren. Uh, Bren's serving tonight in our kids' church. But I want to thank you for praying for my wife, praying for our children, <clears throat> our adult children. <laughs> and I so appreciate it. It means so much to me. That meeting on Tuesday night, there were tens of thousands of people that were tuned in, tens of thousands that tuned into that prayer meeting that night. And as of tonight, there's been over 120,000 people that have dove into that, intercessors, warriors, champions, just going after God. Isn't that awesome what God is doing? Isn't that beautiful? Come on, come on. Tuesday night as we were appealing to heaven, and folks, this, you know, this is not an event for us. This is who we are. This is our lifestyle. This is our lifestyle. This is how we live around here. But intercessors and watchmen are being awakened in this hour, and they're praying. And I want to encourage you with this, that this is the part of the tribe that this is the part of the body of Christ, the tribe. I call it the pride. And that's a beautiful thing. Those of you that read Bold as Lions know exactly what I'm talking about. That the lions move in prides. It's our tribe. It's our DNA. It's our people. This is the tribe that we are a part of, the ecclesia that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. We are a victorious church say it. Thank you, Jeannie. I heard Jeannie say it tonight. <laughs> We're part of a great tribe. We're God's lightning rods. <laughs> We're God's lightning rods. <clears throat> the warfare that is happening in this hour is very real. But the victory that is here right now in the triumph is more real. Remember that with God, nothing is impossible. Remember that with God, nothing is impossible. Cody, I haven't dismissed you, have I? You can come down, Cody. Sorry. Sorry, Cody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Cody. <laughs> Cody's, Cody's like, does Brian want me to stay or does he want me to come down? And he's just going and what do I do now? And you're good. You're good. God is warring. God is warring. He is a man of war. See, many, many people only know Jesus as the Lamb. But in this hour, there is a manifestation of Jesus that you, we better get well acquainted with, and he is the victorious roaring lion. He is the one who is coming to make war. 
Hallelujah. He's going to lead us into triumph into this hour. He's leading us into triumph. I want to set some things in kind of the foundations of what we're going to look at tonight. I'm in Job 36. I told you to go to Job, didn't I? 36. There is so much happening right now, actually, in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm. There's a lot happening right now in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm. There's a burning, praying church that is unleashing the will of the throne of God as we sit here. There is a powerful ecclesia, the true church, that word ecclesia, that's the Greek word that Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. I'm just quoting Matthew 16 to us. This ecclesia, the gates of hell, the works of the devil, the, the secrets, all the things masquerading in the shadows, all the wicked propaganda that the enemy uses. See, the church will not be able to be duped in this hour. The true church will not be able to be duped in this hour. The enemy can paint all of his masquerades, all of his charades, play his games, but the true sons and daughters of God will have spiritual eyes and vision to be able to see through the snares. Come on. This is how the Lord works. It is a, it is a divine partnership that's going on in the heavens and that's going on in the earth. It is a divine partnership. There is a moving in the heavenly realm, and there is a moving in the earthly realm. This is how God works. How does he move? He moves through his Holy Spirit. Write it down. He moves through his Holy Spirit. He moves through his church. He moves through angels. He moves through power being put on display. I'm going to say it again. How does God work? The ways of God. The ways of God is working through the Holy Spirit, through his church, through angels, through power being put out on display. These are the ways of God. Are you hearing me tonight? These are the ways of God. We're heading right into the Christmas story the Christmas time where we celebrate, and there's all of this interaction of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm, and they are congruent as one where angels are moving into the earth realm announcing things. This is what is coming. This is what is coming. Wake up from your nap. Take the child. Get out of here. Move here. Go here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We read these stories, and then somehow when we, we get so dis, disengaged or unattached from the reality of angels being in our midst and in our life and the Holy Spirit breathing fresh, fresh inspiration in our, our life so that we can be directed by the hand of God. Are you with me tonight? Now before we begin to read, I'm just going to tell you tonight, we're going to read a lot of Scripture now, you all know that I use a lot of text, but tonight we're going to be looking at a lot of Scripture. It's big, it's big that you eat this. It's big that you take the Word and you eat it. Don't let your eyes just roll over it. Let your spirit harvest it. 
Are you, that's a good word for this, harvest it. In the scriptures, it talks about, when it talks about harvesting, there's another word that was used, and it was the gleaners. Ruth was a gleaner. Ruth was the one that came back, remember, with Naomi. How many, how many of you remember this? She came back, and she was, she, Ruth, she was relegated actually to the corners of the field. She wasn't allowed to harvest. When the famine ended in Bethlehem, are you tracking with me? When the famine ended in Bethlehem, when she came back, she wasn't allowed to just go harvesting through the fields. She had to go to the corners of the field and glean. You know what gleaning is? Gleaning is, is actually getting the leftovers. See, in the book of Leviticus, God established almost like a welfare system. And he said, we're going we're, we're gonna to let the corners of the field be left, that the harvesters are not to touch those. They're to be left for the widows, for the outcasts, and for the orphan. Who? The widows, the outcasts, the orphans. And then they could come through and they could pick and they could glean. After the harvesters harvest the field, then the gleaners would come in. That's what happened to Ruth. Remember? She was a widow. She wasn't allowed to just go into the harvest. She was allowed to glean until Boaz, her king, kinsman redeemer, came. Woohoo! And love was in the air. Love was in the air. <laughs> Who is that? Is that Tom Jones? Love is in the air. Okay, so we're going to bypass that. We're getting back to Scripture now. We're leaving the song alone. And now we're getting back to Scripture. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> but her kinsman redeemer came. And what happened, she went from being a gleaner of the field, not only to a harvester of the field, she went to owning the field. <laughs> Woo! Are you hearing this? Harvest tonight. Harvest. Job 36 and 32. He covers his hands with lightning and commands it to strike the mark. He covers his hands with lightning and commands it to strike the mark. This is how God works. He works through the Holy Spirit. He works through his church. He works through angels. He works through power being put on display. You know, there's something about God. He loves fire. I mean, have you read your Bible? Yeah, he, he loves fire. He loves power. He loves dispensing and releasing fire and power. He loves it. He made angels out of fire. There's all kinds of things that we're going to look at tonight in the scriptures about the throne of God and the activity of angels before the throne and elders and what is going on. There's thundering, there's lightning, there's earthquakes, there's power being released from the throne of God. There's voices before the throne of God. There's fire, there's lightning. It says he covers his hands with lightning. He commands it to strike the mark. Now I want you to go over to Job 37. Turn a page. Job 37 and verse 2. Are you there? All right, four of us are there. Are you there? I'm reading out of the NIV version tonight. Job 30, 37, verses 2 through 4. Listen. This is an exclamation point. This is great. That means I get to shout it. Isn't that great? Listen. 
That's for everybody online. Listen. Listen to the roar of his voice. To the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning between the whole heaven. And he sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. Oh, I love that. He thunders with his majestic voice. And then his voice resound, when his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. Oh, isn't that awesome? It's awesome. The lightnings of God, the thunderings of God, the sound of the voice of the Lord. Listen for the sound of the voice of the Lord. We've been saying this all year because when we stand before the Lord in the secret place, if we can stand in the roar of the victorious lion and absorb his voice, we can become a voice for God. It's called being voice activated. It's called being voice activated. If you can stand before the Lord and let the penetrating voice of the Lord sweep through you, clean you out, purge you, speak hard and difficult words to you, but you stand courageous and you, st you stand steadfast, what will happen is the reverberation of the voice of the Lord will start getting you pregnant. Because the Word of God is a seed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Word of God is a seed. I don't understand how people can sit in church for decades and not be burning with the Word of the Lord. The Word of God is incorruptible. It's the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. God says, I watch over my Word. What does He say? I watch over my Word to perform it. When I send forth a Word... When I send forth the word, he says, it'll never return unto me void, but it shall, come on, say it with me, it shall accomplish all that I send it forth to do. Come on, shout to the Lord tonight. You are a word, Josiah, you are a word from the Lord. You're not just my son in the flesh. You're a word from the Lord. For this generation. Every one of you are a word for, from the Lord for this time. That's why we thank the Lord earlier in this meeting. We thanked him that we were alive on planet earth. Because we are a word from God. And we will not return unto him void until we fulfill our divine purpose. God's watching over you. God is watching over every one of you. The burnings, the dreams that he's put in your spirit, that he's put in your life, that he's put in your dream world, that he tattooed on your arm, the way that he speaks to you, the things that he says to you, he's watching over those words. He will perform it. The word of the Lord is very important. Because, see, that's, that's what's in volley right now is the word of the Lord. Right now, the contention, the contention that we stand at attention at is who, 
Who will actually believe the word of the Lord? Who will stand with God in this hour and say, the word of the Lord be true in every man a liar? I like preaching soft too, but I, I feel like roaring tonight. Is that okay? All right. I bet, well, it better be because that's the way it's coming, baby. It's a river of fire. It's like fire in my bones. You know, when Ezekiel saw the river, he said it was as clear as crystal. Do you remember that? But when Daniel... Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. When Daniel saw the river, it was a river of fire ever proceeding from the throne of God. Everybody say fire. God's into it. So am I. So is Mark. (laughs) Now we're going to read from Revelation 4. Go there if you will. Revelation 4. Those of you that are in your homes, I hope you have your Bible. We're looking at a lot of scripture tonight, and I just want to say up front, we make no apology for how much Bible we use at Victory. Amen? You can go to some churches, and they're preaching about movies this weekend around in this region. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. It's pitiful. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. This is the encounter of the Apostle John. The revelation of the Apostle John in heaven. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. (laughs) I love that. It was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, come up here, and I will show you things that must, must take place after this. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and the one sat on the throne. And he sat there, he who sat there was like jasper and a sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 elders, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, voices, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne. How many? Seven lamps were burning before the throne. Which are, what are, what are those lamps? Are the seven spirits of God. Verse 6, are you there? And before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, all around the throne, were the four living creatures full of eyes in the front and in the back. And the first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third creature was like the face of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. Love it. The four living creatures having six wings were full of eyes all around and within. Isn't that amazing? Gosh. Drink this in tonight. Harvest this tonight. 
And they do not rest day or night. And they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. They don't cease doing that day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I'm just actually echoing right now in the earth realm what is happening in the heavens right now. That's what's going on in the heavenly realm. While I'm preaching to you in December of 2020, in eternity, which is outside of time, there's, it says, well, John's words was day and night. But there is no night. Right? For our understanding, it was day and night. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders, they, they fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their throne, their, their crowns before his throne. And they are saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and they were created. You know, I've been pastoring a while. <laughs> it's been a few months. I'm just kidding. I've been pastoring for years. And I've encountered people who have said to me, uh, how come you guys worship so long? <laughs> how come you guys worship so long? I remember being down in Fort Lauderdale at a, at a minister's gathering and I, I was told at that minister gathering by, by one of the, the head grand poobahs of the church that if I would just cut down our worship 18 minutes, if we could just have worship for 18 minutes in our church, then your church will grow exponentially. Unfortunately, they asked me to speak and I said, that's the biggest bunch of garbage I've ever heard. It was a real buzzkill in the meeting, I can tell you. It's the biggest bunch of garbage. You know what? Ameri the, the American church bought into that garbage. Cut your worship down, 18 minutes. And this is what's going on in heaven. In heaven, they don't cease crying, holy, holy, holy. He's the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. And we, see, what I'm deliberately doing every time that I take my leadership Every time that we come together, I am deliberately saying things like this to you. Almost every Saturday night, these words will come before you. And what do I tell you? You're not just standing in this building tonight. You're not just in, you know, five, 5614 Richardson Road. Right now, we are standing in our access before the throne of God. We are the ecclesia of God. We are coming into our access as sons and daughters of God so that we can worship and then begin to issue the decrees and the declarations of the throne of God to release authority to change a city, to change a region, to change a nation. 
to change nations. Sorry, Victoria. Nations. I got to increase my faith tonight. Nations to shake, shake nations. She's going to give me one of these when I get home tonight. I can, I can, I can feel it. <laughs> it's amazing. See, for a long time, for decades in this church, or for decades in this nation, we bought into a system that is lifeless, that is a form without power. And that hasn't done jack for America. That's why we're in a horrific state that we're in. But the church that Jesus is building. Can I tell it to you plainly? God's church is not in trouble right now. I'm going to say that again. Some of you, that just bounced off your forehead. God's church is not in trouble right now. Man's church is. The church that Jesus is building right now is not in trouble at all. Are you with me tonight? Are you trying to be with me tonight? <laughs> I'm trying. Verse 5, and I saw in his right hand, in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth, was able to open the scroll. Or look at it. These are John's words. So I wept because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or look at it. But one of the elders said to me, <laughs> I love this, tap, tap, tap. Hey, John, hey, 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 do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root, the root of David has prevailed to open the scrolls and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and give him praise. That's right, go ahead and give him praise. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes with which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Now, that, that's it. don't miss that, sent out into all the earth. Remember what I just said to you about ten minutes ago? There is a high level of heavenly activity right now. There's a high level you got to catch this tonight. There is a high level of heavenly activity. How does God work? The ways of God, he works through his spirit. He works through his church. He works through angels. He works through power being released on display. And what does it say? It says that they went out and they were sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of his right hand of him who sat on the throne. Verse 8. Now, 
now. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Oh, yes. Golden bowls of incense. Diane Steele, she's here tonight. She painted this prophetic piece of, uh, amazing prophetic piece of art that many of you in the church now own as well. Come on. Isn't that awesome? Ever since Diane gave this to me and Bren, I have been under the conviction and the compulsion of the Holy Spirit. Keep this in front of the people you lead. Keep this in front of the people you lead. Why? It's a prophetic reminder of who we are. It is a prophetic reminder to us, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. That God is going to build a house of prayer. That day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, God is going to make us into a house of prayer to decree thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my house shall be called. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And that's what the Lord is building here in this church. That is what he is building within us. A place of tabernacling amongst us in manifest presence. Where we're going. <laughs> I, we don't need roads. Sorry. I fell into back to the future and now we're back to the scriptures. Where we are going. Where we're going. Is called revival, awakening, outpouring of the Spirit of God. Where we're going is a burning house of encounter. That's where we're going. The golden bowls full of incense. Now, don't miss this part. What is the incense? Which are the prayers of the saints. Now, don't miss this tonight. This is big. This is a big component of what we're getting. Each having a harp and seven bowls, or excuse me, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, just like we were doing tonight, Cody. We were singing spontaneous new songs, Sandra. New songs, new songs, new songs. They sang this new song, You Are Worthy to Take the Scroll. Isn't that awesome? You are worthy to take the scroll. And to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Not mighty. Now I'm highlighting verse 8 again. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, verse 8, the 24 elders, they fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now I want you to turn over a few pages to Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. Diane, thank you again for this prophetic gift. Love you guys. Love you, Greg. 
I'm in verse 1, chapter 8. We're going to read five verses. Are you still with me? Good. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. Now, a lot of theologians believe that women will not be in heaven because, oh, I'm sorry, I just want to, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, those of you on live stream, I'm joking. It's all right, breathe. It was a joke. There was silence in heaven for about a half hour. <laughs> Come on, I know you get it. I know you get it. And I saw the seven angels. <laughs> and I saw the seven angels who stand before God. That's such a powerful statement. The seven angels who stand before God. Oh, my Lord. And to them was given seven trumpets. Then another angel, watch this activity, watch this activity. Having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire. There it is again, God's obsession with fire. There it is. You see it? There's the pyro, the pyrotechnics of the throne. He filled it with fire on the altar, and he threw it to the earth, and there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. Are you seeing it? There were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. It's how God works. I want you to see it again. And I know I'm moving slow, but I'm being methodical and purposeful for moving slow. That there is a tandem work that is involved between the heaven and the earth. God works through his church. God moves and works through the church that Jesus is building. That's how he works in the earth. Many times we are waiting on God to do something while all the while God is waiting on us to do something, to decree it, to say it, to deal with it. Many, many years ago, I was in my late teens, my late teens, I read a book by Kenneth Hagin. It was called The Authority of the Believer. How many of you have read that book? The Authority of the Believer. Good, 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 good. By Kenneth Hagin. He was caught up into heaven and he had an experience and he was before the throne of the Lord and he's in a conversation with the Lord and this imp little demon manifests in his dream and is doing all of this yapping and talking and in his mind he's thinking, why doesn't the Lord deal with this? Why doesn't he do something? And so he's trying to talk to the Lord and all the while this little imp demon keeps talking there before the throne, and he's being very distractive to Kenneth. And he's thinking in his mind, why doesn't the Lord do something about this 
and the voice got louder and louder and more penetrating to the, to the point where it bothered Kenneth so bad that he turned to it and he rebuked it and commanded it to leave. And the Lord said, oh, good. I was hoping that you would deal with that. Because I've given you authority to do it. You don't have to tolerate the devil. You don't have to tolerate. You exercise your authority over the devil. This is for every one of us. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. You have to exercise your authority over the works of the devil. Men of God, you've got to exercise your authority in your life, in your family, in your sphere of authority that God has given you. Women of God, you've got to exercise your authority in your home. In your sphere of authority, God has given you a place of authority. He's given you the power of the name of Jesus to decree a thing so that it can be established. And you may have to keep striking and striking and striking and striking and striking. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap the harvest. If you faint not, you stay on your watch. You be the watchman. Of your life and your family, your children, your grandchildren. You stay on the watch and you use your authority over the enemy. We are the restrainer that is in the earth right now of the evil force so that, so that it cannot occupy and take over the earth right now. We are the restrainer. There's coming a time the restrainer is going to be removed out of the way. But that time is not yet. We are racing towards it. Now listen, there were noises, there were thunderings and lightnings. I want you to look at this, verse 3 again. Another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense. He was given much incense. What is, what is the incense? What is it? It's the prayers of the saints. I love that. He wasn't just given incense. He was given much incense. And it was the prayers that were coming up out of the earth realm. Now, lest you think that I'm the deepest theologian in Sarasota, why does God have bowls in heaven? I don't know. I I don't know. John saw them and it perplexed him. But he said there was this activity going on in the heavenly realm and there were bowls because the ways of God, he established it and set it up. He says, I'm going to put bowls in front of me. And while the prayers of my sons and daughters, they ascend, they keep burning. There's the burning. See, the incense doesn't take life until what? It's caught on fire. The incense doesn't take flight or take light until it is caught on fire. And it begins to ascend unto the Lord. And he says he takes those prayers, he takes the incense, and he has them in bowls stored up for a time. And the angel took them and he hurled them to the earth. I personally believe that we are living in the greatest historic hour of mankind 
We are about to see some of the most extraordinary shaking of the hand of God on planet Earth and in this nation. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you think for a moment that the prayers that Jesus got us pregnant with, the vision, the seed, the words that God got us pregnant with, that he's had us praying and saying and decreeing for decades and decades and decades. Don't you let the enemy talk you out of not seeing them because what God put in you and made you decree, you're going to see the manifestation of it because God, God is the one who watches over his word. He said, my word will not return unto me void. It shall accomplish all that I send it forth to do. It was the Holy Spirit in you who made you burn. It was the Holy Spirit that, that is within you that caused that incense to be stirred, for the hand of God to move on the inside of you, to cause you to pray prayers, that caused you to become a different person, that God literally changed your personality so that you could begin to begin to decree and to become powerful and to be transformed into, from this little lamb into a mighty lion. So that you could begin to decree in the earth that it would be so. God did it in you. He did it in me. He did it in me. He's still doing it. He's still changing me. He's still changing you. I want you to see two realms are working together. That's what I'm drawing from in the text. What are we looking at? We're looking at two realms working together. Do you see it? The prayers of the saints have arisen. Watch what happens. The angel takes a hold of it, lights the censer, and then hurls it to the earth. What's happening there? Two realms are engaging. Heaven and earth is working together. Do you see that? Isn't that powerful? Folks, is that powerful? Are you catching this? Two realms are literally working together. It's called the ecclesia. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed unto you. That I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, but my Father in heaven. And I say unto you, upon this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I give you keys. I give you the keys of the kingdom. That whatever you close, it will not be open. Whatever you open, it will not be closed. It will not be shut. Revelation 3, look at it, go there. Revelation 3 and verse 7. Jesus has given us the keys. Watch this. Revelation 3 and 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Who's, who's that? That's Jesus. Jesus holds the key of David. He says he opens, no one shuts. He shuts, no one opens. Now, what is this a reference to? This is a reference to Isaiah 22, 22. Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 22. There's been a transfer of power. There's been a trans, transfer of authority. 
Now, you got to remember the story because in David's palace, what happened was there was a gatekeeper and he had the keys. You remember his name? In David's palace, his name was Shebna. Say it. Shebna. S-H-E-B-N-A. Shebna. He had the keys to David's palace, but he was found unfaithful and unworthy, and he would be stripped of his authority and power and royal access to the palace of David. And so God raised up another. He removed Shebna out of the way. And all the while, he was raising up Eliakim. And Eliakim came in, and he was given the keys of the house of David so that whatever he unlocked, no one could close. And whatever he, he locked up, did I say it backwards? Danny, you're looking at me like, is it closed? Is it shut? Is it permitted? Is it forbidden? Where are we? Somebody help me. <laughs> so that when Eliakim locked the door, no one had access. You see in it? When he opened the door, nobody could close it. He had royal access to the king. Why are we talking about this? Because it's a prophetic word for us. Isaiah 22, 22. He says, the key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder so he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no, no one shall open. Are you catching this? Who, who, who does the government rest upon? Whose shoulders? Say it to me. Say it to me. Whose shoulders does the government rest upon? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It was on his shoulder would be laid the key of David. The key of David. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm giving you authority in the earth realm. My ecclesia will have authority in the earth realm. My ecclesia, my church will move in authority and power, and the enemy will have to back down. Let me give you an example. Right now, the commander-in-chief is telling the Republicans, you better learn how to fight. They've been so weak. They've been so weak, so scandalous, so caught up in everything else, they lost their way. And have ran from so many battles, so many fights, they didn't learn how to fight. They continued to be weak. We lost territory. We lost ground. Are you hearing me tonight? We lost ground. We lost morality. We lost marriage. We lost prayer. We lost marriage. All these things. They wouldn't stand and fight. And the president's telling them, you better learn how to fight in this hour. While I'm thundering here in Sarasota, he's up there thundering in Georgia. And I laugh. You know why? It's just like he's going right into the enemy's camp and taking back what he stole from him. Ha-ha. He's bold. He's bold. 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 Perfect? No. Bold? Yes. But you know what? God 
He can only use imperfect people. You know why? Because there's no other kind. There's no other kind of people on planet earth. He uses imperfect people like me, like you. We're going to have to learn how to fight. Sadly, Christians have insulated their world so much, hid, hid in churches, insulated their world, stayed away from the fight, stayed away from the battle, talked themselves out of battles, made excuses to not have to go into battles. We're going to have to learn how to fight in this hour. And we're going to have to learn how to be powerfully consistent in the battle. Not just faithful a few days. Not just faithful. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, listen. It, it is hard being a leader in the body of Christ. Can I tell you? It would be so great to be able to come here tonight and preach on the favor of God. I could, I could preach on the favor of God for three hours tonight. I could tell you miracle stories and have everybody running around the building. I'm serious. I could preach on the favor of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God. I could preach it all. I could open the book and preach, preach, and go, 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 go. And everybody would love it. You know, that's not the hour that we're in. You don't need a fluff message. We don't need fluff voices. We don't need peanuts and popcorn right now. We don't need it. The Holy Spirit's been trying to wean us off of all of the spiritual junk food forever. And now we're in this place and we have to learn how to fight. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of it. You were called to be a warrior. You were called to be a warrior. I did, my wife and I did not want to just raise our kids to be sweet, and they are sweet. They're like their mom. My wife is the sweetest person I've ever met in my life. But we didn't just raise them to be sweet. We raised them to be powerful. We must be powerful in this hour. We have got to be bold in the spirit of God. Bold and courageous in this hour. We've got to learn how to fight because the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. I've given you authority, and I've given you the weapons of warfare. They're not carnal. You're going to be able to use these keys against the forces of darkness, and you're going to be able to tell them, you back down. You back away from my house. You back away from my family. You back away from my children. You back off of my church. You back away from my leadership. Are you hearing what the Lord is saying tonight? You back out of my city. I decree, I walk this city all the time. You don't know about it. And I decree, Sarasota, you are a city of refuge. You will not be filled with anarchy. You will not be filled with lawlessness. You will not be filled with hate. You are a city of refuge. You are a city of peace. 
You got to grab hold of this, folks. I've told the story before, folks. I, in 2009, in 2009, the LGBTQ, they came up with an idea from New Orleans, and they tried to bring a transgender mayor into Sarasota so that we would have in Sarasota, they tried to create a stronghold in Florida to, so that we would have Sarasota, out of all the cities of this great state, that Sarasota would have the first transgender mayor. It happened in 2009. Boy, when we got a whiff of it, guess what we did? We didn't say, well, let's go out to eat and let somebody else, let's just make an excuse and find, find a way to get out of the warfare. Somebody else will take care of it. Are you kidding me? No, we said, no, not on our watch. Not on our watch. That's not happening here. They're not going to create a stronghold in this city. This city's not going to be turned over to that agenda. And they're still trying. See, the battering rams keep coming. When's the church going to concede? When are they just going to concede their territory? When are they just going to give us their city? When are they just going to give us their county? When are they just going to give us our land and let us do what we want to do? Oh, the president should just concede. Oh, the church should just concede. Oh, Brian Gibbs, you need to get off of it. You just need to concede. You need to just give your prayers over to Biden and Harris and just begin to pray for them. I want everybody to look this way. Do you know that in this hour, we don't even need the prophetic? We don't even need prophecies from Brother Billy Bob and, you know, prophet whoever. And I thank God for every one of them, and some of them are my dear friends. But I've told some of my dear friends, if there wasn't even an operating prophetic ministry in the earth right now, all you have to do is look at the demonic platform of the Democrats, and all you have to do is check your Bible, and guess what? You'll see they're not on the Lord's side. They're not on the Lord's side. And that doesn't mean God is on the Republican side either, my friends. That means God is on his side. Who's on his side? Remember when the Lord showed up to Joshua in Joshua chapter 5. Joshua said, are you for us or are you for our, or for, for, uh, uh, for our enemy that we're about to fight? And the Lord says, I'm for neither. I have come now as the captain of the Lord's army. I'm the commander of the Lord of hosts. I'm not on your side. I mean, he had the audacity to tell Joshua. Who is Joshua? He's leading the children of Israel. And Jesus says it was Jesus. What, an angel? Well, how do you know that, Brian? Because every time an angel showed up in Scripture and someone fell down at an angel's feet and tried to worship, the angel would stop them and say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I am but a fellow worker amongst you. Do not do that. In Joshua chapter 5, the voice returned, and the voice told Joshua, go ahead and keep worshiping, but also go ahead and kick off your sandals because the place where you stand is holy ground. It wasn't an angel. It was Jesus. It's called a theophany. Anytime that Jesus showed up in the Old Testament, it's called a theophany. It's called a revelation of God. 
It was the Lord. And what did the Lord say? I'm not on your side. That's hard to hear. I just see Joshua. That, that really hurts my feelings. I mean, I've been faithful to you. I was the guy that followed Moses. I mean, I followed Moses. I, I was up on the mountain when everybody was afraid. I was faithful. I was faithful. I was there. I was hanging out. I was praying. Remember, remember when Moses was before you so much that when he came out of your thick glory, his face was glowing like the sun, and we had to put a veil over his, over his face because the children of Israel couldn't even look at the glory on his face coming out of your presence? I, I, I was there. I was his apprentice. I was on staff. I still had the business cards. I, I, I was there. The Lord says, I'm not for you, and I'm not for them. I've come. To take over. I'm telling you, that's the hour we're at. That's the hour we're at. God is in charge. And he wants to know in this hour, who's with me? It's awesome. I want to say it to you again tonight. There's a lot of major heavenly activity going on, happening over the earth realm right now. We are in the greatest moment of human history. We are in the greatest moment of human history, and the greatest days of the church are not behind us. They are just ahead of us. I believe we're going to be in shock and awe of the outpouring of the Spirit and the harvest of souls. It's going to happen. We're going to see this great harvest. We're going to be part of it. The greatest harvest on planet Earth. And I want to remind you guys of something about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It, it, is, it is culminating. Where is it going? It is culminating to the greatest epic triumphant return of King Jesus to this planet. The Spirit and the Bride say. You can close your Bibles and give me about three more three more minutes, and then we're gonna we're gonna turn this meeting into a prayer meeting. Some of you are like, man, my butt is hurting. You're gonna we're gonna have a prayer meeting? That means you can you can walk around. That means <laughs> that was a prophetic word. He had a word of knowledge. My butt is hurting. It's both cheeks. That was a word of knowledge. That was for me. Oh, my gosh. How did he know that? <laughs> y'all y'all okay? We're going to get praying in here in just a couple minutes. Cody, drink a lot of water and then come in about three minutes because we're going to go for it. We're going to turn this meeting into a prayer meeting, and we're going to start praying and decreeing. And if you have to go, you're under no obligation. If you have to go, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We understand. Everybody's got a life. Everybody's got a schedule. Some of you drive a long distance. I get it. It's okay. But if you can stay and you can pray with us, stay and pray with us. I want to read to you a powerful dream. A powerful dream. And when we were in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> this week on Tuesday night, a minister 
friend of ours. His name is Don Lynch. Don Lynch shared this dream with us and to Dutch Sheets and to Bishop Garlington, and we were having a briefing before we went out into the meeting back in the green room. Sorry, hold on. Don shared this dream with us, and those of you that follow Dutch Sheets on Give Him 15, Dutch released this dream today to the nation, to hundreds of thousands of people. Hundreds of thousands. Give Him 15, folks. There's, there's almost a million people that open that every day and are praying. I remember when the Lord spoke to Dutch just to open the app, the prayer app. I've been on that app. Many of you know that. That goes everywhere. I mean, the moment he opened that, I mean, they went to 250,000 people quickly. They're at a million. It could be more than that at this point. So listen to this. Don Lynch, she shared the following dream in Pittsburgh this Tuesday night, just a few nights ago. Here's what Don said. Listen well. Please listen well. Let your spirit harvest this. In the dream... He says, I believe that I represent the ecclesia. Now, who is the ecclesia? The church that Jesus is building, right? Remember that? In this dream, I believe I re- represent the ecclesia, the praying church in America. I know God released his lightnings through our intercession that night and into the early morning as tens of thousands of believers decreed, this is Dutch Sheets talking, decreed his purposes into the land. We must not stop until he has fully accomplished his work in America. Amen. We cannot stop, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot grow weary. We have to keep coming before the Lord, getting rebooted, getting refreshed, getting recalibrated, getting restored, finding our grit, finding our strength again, the strength of the Lord, not the strength of man, the strength of the Lord, the wisdom of God. Here it is. In the dream, in the dream, the lightning of God filled the skies over Philadelphia. I, Don Lynch, I was standing in the doorway of a very small shed from the colonial times. I could feel a silky thread in my hand, and I could sense a tug of it as it flew into the wind. My eyes followed it, and I could see that it joined with another string, which had a skeleton key attached to it that sparkled with electricity. I knew it was God's lightning that was flashing and causing the sparkling on the key. And I realized we had been waiting for this storm. And in the dream, I saw an odd container that could collect power. I saw an odd container that could collect power. I could see that the one that was holding the container was Dutch sheets. In the dream, God was using a real life event in history to paint a picture for us. In actual history, Benjamin Franklin flew a kite into a storm with a key attached to the string. This experiment was also uh, was the the conduct 
or oh, sorry, this experiment was to conduct electricity. Thank you. He was assisted by his son, William, Benjamin Franklin's son, his name, William. Now, Dutch's first name is also William, William Dutch Sheets. In this parabolic dream, I saw William Dutch Sheets holding the container and collecting the power. He was, co- he was collecting the lightning of God. It's a powerful dream. He was collecting the lightning of God. Like a child with wondering eyes, Dutch looked up and he said, The air is alive. The air is alive over America. He breathed in deeply and he seemed to be energized by the lightning of God. Dutch then moved the energized key from the kite and the scene changed and an ancient door now stood before him. He put the sparkling key into a hidden lock and as he did... The energized key activated the mechanism inside the door. The ancient door burst open and angels of God were released into the nation. They were not sluggish. They were active. They weren't there to negotiate. They were there to establish. Dutch then said, we did it. We did it. We did it. And holding the container, he said, look, we have all we need to finish. Lord, we welcome your lightning to America. I want you to decree that. Lord, we welcome your lightning to America. Do you know that you and I live in, the, in the, the lightning capital of the world? I'm talking to you also spiritually. Are you hearing this? Don then explained to us Tuesday night. He explained this. Benjamin Franklin went on to invent. Go ahead and come, Cody. The lightning rod. Give me a few more minutes. Benjamin Franklin went on to invent the lightning rod as a result of his real life experience. But God is saying to us that we are his lightning rods. But God is saying to us, we are his lightning rods, collecting his power and releasing it into the earth. It's the picture I've been painting to you guys. We're the ecclesia. When we gather at victory, we're gathering before the very throne of God. What happens before the throne of God? There's angel activity, and they start mixing. They start taking the censer and mixing the incense, the prayers of the saints to do work in the earth. Are you hearing this tonight? Are you hearing this tonight? God is saying to us that we are his lightning rods and we are collecting his power and releasing it into the earth. I, I, I want our worship team to have that vision. When, when, I, when I stand before victory and every time I have the privilege of stepping on the stage and leading, I am God's lightning rod. You get the whole two rods, Henry. You're God's lightning rod. I want you to, I want you to take this personal. 
to release the power into the earth. And then Don said, America, hold up your hands and receive the lightning of God. Would you just do that tonight as an act of faith? I want you to lift your hands. Those of you that are watching online with us tonight, in your home or wherever you're at tonight, I want you to activate your faith and say, God, God, I receive your lightning. I receive your voice. I receive the roar of your voice. I receive your thundering and your lightning. We the ecclesia, I want to pray this over us right now, just come into agreement. We the ecclesia, we are here to carry it even now. And we have come to release it tonight. And we direct the lightning of God into the land of America, from, Car from the Carolinas to California, from Hawaii to Alaska to Florida. And we discern tonight that the ancient gate is open and that angels are being released into our nation even now. And the enemy is in shock of the lightning of God. Shock waves will shock the court. It will shock the swamp. And it will shock the world. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, as an act of faith, Father, as I hold this key before you that Bishop Joseph Garlington gave me for our city, for our region, and for the state of Florida, we come into agreement tonight as the ecclesia. We insert the key into the ancient mechanisms and angels will flood the skies over America. We declare that the enemies of God will have no hiding place. And the shockwaves of the lightnings of God are hitting this nation. And America shall be saved in Jesus' name. Come on, stand to your feet and shout to the Lord tonight. Come on, stand to your feet and shout the victory tonight. Come on. Come on. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice to the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, I think I, think I want the whole worship team, if you'll just come. Tonight, there's, there's not going to be a formal benediction. There hardly ever is a formal benediction at Victory. If you're visiting with us tonight, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.